Tonight, we are in the home of the road. It might not have been invented there, but there's arguably no country that has embraced the road like the good old US of A. And Hollywood noticed, resulting in one of the most recognizable movie genres, the road movie. Tonight, we have screwball comedy on the road in the 30s, existential youth culture on the road in the 70s, and girl power on a crime spree on the road in the 90s. It's going to be fun. Welcome to They Don't Make Them Like They Used To. Nah. Hello, good evening, and welcome to St. Mary's Hospital. No, let me get this right. Welcome to Sunshine Radio, broadcasting from St. Mary's Hospital on the Isle of Wight. Good evening, my name is Tosin, and I will be your host for the next hour and a half as we go through great movies that Hollywood has had to offer as we go back through the pre-1980s and have a look at what it has to offer to us to dig up. If that sentence made any sense whatsoever, good luck to We're you. We're still with you. Okay, cool. So, with me in the studio are Sean. Hello there. And Sharon. Hello. Oh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, good. All right, thank you. Yeah, good day. Okay, now, now, Sean and Sharon are the co-hosts. They're going to be like the co-pilots as we go back. We, we go on the good ship. They don't make them like they used to. Back to pre-1980s Hollywood and see what they has to offer. But it's been like ages since the three of us have actually been in this recording studio together yeah the band are back together after all these together, years yeah. i know i know and it's, it's it's almost like it's becoming almost like you know those reunion tours yeah. <laughs> that bands have like That's every good. once every now it's, yeah. it's it's great to have some We're female company instead of i mean <laughs> to bring us down to earth instead of like, the other over. week with our testosterone fueled yeah so you talked about films i wanted to talk about like, yeah, because oh, you, yeah, you missed it, it all, didn't you? You missed it all because you're a Western yeah. fan too. What the hey? I did. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what? Well, you're a big Kess fan then or something. I like Kess and I like Gladiator. Oh, yeah. And I just, I like, boy, I like boy films, really. Yep. Yeah, but it was, it, but still, I think it was it, it would have been good to le- leaven it out a bit, yeah. <laughs> so leaven out leaven out the testosterone a little bit. Let us know like what happens about it. Like for instance, we I know that at the time when Gladiator was released, and this is going back to the last show that we did, even listening on the podcast. I think it was show seventy nine. Was uh, we spoke about Gladiator, and I know that at the time when Gladiator was released, there was. Russell Crowe all of a sudden became an exactly that face and that voice (laughs) and that that reaction (laughs) exactly now as far as I know Sean and I don't have any so like leanings that way (laughs) so that totally passed us by but that was that was the moment at which Russell Crowe all of a sudden became this kind of like a lot of ladies were like everyone went hello yeah they're like ooh where have you been (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like, and, and there's things like that that you could have brought to us that we probably just that were, you might have missed yeah we told, mm. we were just kind of like mm, action star yeah, action it's like I'm what do you mean sex symbol well hello russell <laughs> you like russell yeah <laughs> i did, Mas- I did master then. and commander i still yeah, still yeah i did actually like him master and commander i remember him though from an f- early film of his from romper stomper romper stomper oh i remember him from virtuosity Yes, and he did a film called The Crossing, which is quite apt for this time of year because it is about a remember. It's about a town that, was, and it was all around a Remembrance Day, so it's quite fitting oh, right, and about okay. the Anzacs oh, and things. And so it was a, quite an interesting little film. Yeah. That's one of his early films. It's yeah. an Aussie film. Okay, is there any other film that you that you you missed while you were around that we can have a little quick prezi of it and see? You didn't say about the Magnificent Seven, did you? Oh yeah, so you yes, missed. I did you like that. the Magnificent Seven. Seven. You, you totally yes. missed a, you, you totally missed a. Uh, uh, 
Sponsored by the 70. number seven yeah, the show, seven, the seventy-seven seven, seven seven show. Seven. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, good. I'm glad you one. liked it. I'm really pleased. Yeah. I thought you would. I only have two thing. breaks a year, and they both seem to fall when you did a show. Then I wasn't here. Oh well, dear, dear. well. It's like a lass well, and a lack. But but to be truth, the, to be truthful, I mean, we only talk about good films here. So <laughs> any any, sh- any show you miss is going any to show. be like it's, yeah. it, it, you're going to feel it. You're, you're really going to feel it. It's going to happen. Oh no! Okay, no, that was because yeah, because Magnificent. Did you see the Magnificent Seven movie? I did. I saw the remake, and I'm a f- well familiar with the old make. All right. So it was yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it did it very well. Okay, yeah, because uh, when we spoke about it, I had this thing, and because remember when we spoke about a Star Is Born, you chose a Star Is Born yes. as one of your bona fide classics, and you, yeah. and we came to this thing where we said that each time it seems to be able to be remade and stay a banger For each its time. Own generation, yeah, it yeah. speaks to its own generation. And yeah. I and I said that I reckon that this particular story, from Seven Samurai to Magnificent Seven to this new Magnificent Seven, each yeah. time it's remake, it loses something. It's kind of okay. It sort of le- loses a bit it, of that. It lessens. Joy. It's mm. kind of like each time it gets more and more distilled to just a pure action movie, yeah. as opposed to the original, which had a bit more philosophical to say than the sec. The the first time it was made in America as Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. I think it had. It still had a bit of something to say, but they were more concerned with the action movie. And in this the last one, they just jettisoned the whole it's thing. Full action, yeah. <laughs> there's no doubt many. It's not very much symbolism hidden in there or parallels that you can draw to. Our modern society, but it was entertaining for all that, and I was I enjoyed the fact that you didn't know who was going to die as soon as you meet them. Yeah, because some of them are thinking he's going to die, he's, he's, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he's a goner. Well, then and this one, you, did, you some of them you thought, uh, yeah. Well, I no. mean, I thought the Chris Parent I was going to survive actually. Yeah. Yeah. No spoilers. <laughs> oh, were they? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but because no, because one of the other things that we said about that was that we said that, but the thing is that there are certain characters that survive every single iteration yeah. of the Magnificent Seven or whatever happens there's there's one particular character who you're pretty much you're pretty much guaranteed yeah, is going to be alive yeah. at the end yeah. but apart from that yeah they, they do mix and match it alright yeah. yeah good Magnificent <laughs> Seven <laughs> Magnificent Seven alright cool now we uh, let's get on to tonight Let's get on to tonight. Um, so what We're usually on the road ha- yeah. again. On the yeah. road again. On the road again. Oh, I should have. I should have <laughs> played some Willie Nelson. Yeah. I should have. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Should have broke out some Willie Nelson. Rubbish. That, this is why I need you guys around when I'm planning stuff. Like feverishly 10 minutes before we go on air. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so okay, tonight, um, what usually happens in this show is we kick off, as you've been hearing, we talk about movies. We kick off with a bona fide classic, a film that is just widely admitted to be a great, great film and we just sit down and go, yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Yes, it was great. Wasn't that great, Sharon? Mm, it was. Sean, what you remember? Yeah, it was good. It was good, yeah. it was good, yeah. And that's pretty much what happens for the first section of the show. We usually have a patient choice, but unfortunately tonight, I'm so sorry to everybody in Alveston, our sort of adopted ward could not make it in to speak to you. Hopefully you will get this thing sorted because it's been a while since we've had an Alveston guest on the show again. And then we'll go into a hidden gem where we talk about a film that didn't get is. It didn't get its day in the sun when it was first released, and we decide, no, no, this film needs to be, it needs to be recognized as the classic that it is. And we'll finish off with an exception to the rule, which is how Russell Crowe got a look in there the other week. <laughs> we talk about a film that was made after 1980, but we still think, ah, oh, yeah, no, no, this, this needs to be held up. This, we need to give whoever made this film a pat on the back and say, well done, you did, re- you did well with this film. So that's what we're going to do. So we'll kick off, first of all, with a bona fide classic. Now, we're talking about road movies, and this is a film that I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I think it might be a bit much to say that this started off road movies. 
possibly. It might it might be a bit much to say, but I don't think it will be far wrong. No, because it's the big birth of the motor car as a popular means of transport, yep. and it's yeah, it's. I think it. You could arguably say it was the first. The road, first, road movie. I think. I think if not, it's. I think I will. I feel a lot happier. Or I feel like okay. Try and try and disprove me if I say that this is the film that popularized the road movie mm. as a genre. It's like a film that does so much. Uh, well, I mean, even even the, the, the train scenes. I mean, they call it the railroad over there. So I mean, yeah. and there's some some train scenes and things. yeah. So train. You know, if you travelled across by train, we would probably say train journey. But you could say you know it was a railroad journey. Yeah, rail, railroad <laughs> journey, railroad journey. There's like bits on a bus, which yeah. is it, and all that sort of stuff. So the film we're talking about is a. Oh, let me see if I can get this. Is it 1935? I think 30. 1930, it's 1930s movie directed mm-hmm. by Frank Capra. He of It's a Wonderful Life fame and all that. We will not be talking about It's a Wonderful Life. It's the film It Happened One Night, starring Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. Yeah, yeah. Or Colbert, as she said it, because she she because she had French ancestry, and so she didn't want to say Colbert because then they'll think, oh, she's a French woman. They'll just give her all this French, sort of like French made roles. And so she said it Colbert to make sure that people thought, oh, it's more American yeah, and everything like that. Yeah. I think I, I I saw this movie when I was probably 12, 13. And I remember I just like saw this. It was it was on TV that I yeah. saw this movie. And I just totally fell in love with Claudette <laughs> Colbert. I was just like, whoa, she's just like, you know, as Hollywood actress goes, she was less like, and I don't really, yeah. Yeah, so, so and you don't really what? No, so I was going to say, um, I just, you know, I don't know if it was the leg scene or whatever it was, but <laughs> yeah. there was just something. I know I was really young. I saw this on TV. I think it was quite late, and I just thought, oh, she's so gorgeous. That, that, <laughs> you, that, that, I'm you know? with you. So, I'm and, with you. And I think maybe this was the start of, of my romance with road movies maybe i don't know maybe that was it <laughs> yeah i have thing, to admit some freudian thing you might say oh yeah that's why you like this. No, the thing is because i have to admit because you you are a massive massive america fan oh yeah yeah you you love yeah, america i do i do you love america and i think that there is no genre that i think is as american as the road, road movie. movie definitely it just seems to be like it's just like okay go road movie equals america if you if you had like if they said oh, we're going to do a road movie in france people would be like what yeah, <laughs> you, just, you yeah. just don't think of it you just don't, when you hear road movie you think yeah you think america so so i can imagine that that's the case but i have to agree with you on the claude colbert thing because i feel like with her she because she she's not your typical screen goddess no, no, so to right. say so she isn't your typical screen goddess i think she she's a bit well, I guess the way they say it's like impish is the way. Yeah, like yeah, I think, I think that's, that's that's yeah. That's yeah, she's mischievous. Name. She's funny. Yes, yeah. yes. She's cute more than beautiful, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. she's more approachable, yeah. less standoffish, or she, she, yeah, all yeah. those things. People often talk about like you know, oh, that's a guy who you like to go have a beer with. I think yeah. Colbert comes across like that's a girl you like to go have a beer, beer with. with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, brilliant. And yeah, but I totally agree with you. But it's like it's like uh, only with the big things like she's a girl, not a guy. So yeah, yeah. You, you will smarten up and you will wear a suit. <laughs> <and you're laughs> yeah. So oh, so it it happened one night. This is a of so. A little bit of a story about it happened one night. It starts off with uh, Claude Gopère 
and her dad. It turns out that she's like this rich heiress. Her dad is like a really, really rich guy. And she's randomly gone on and gone married to somebody that her dad does not approve of. And her dad is like essentially keeping her locked up on this boat, saying, no, there is no way you're going anywhere <laughs> until you say it, until you annul this marriage. This makes nothing. It's stupid and all that. And she escapes in what uh, I think right from the word go, it kind of just makes me laugh because the way she escapes, she just jumps off the boat and swims away <laughs> and they don't find her anywhere. And because she's this rich uh, hair, uh, how do you say it? Heiress? Heiress. Heiress. Yeah. This rich heiress. So all of a sudden there's this big massive, oh, everybody, we've got to find her. We've got to find her. She's trying to stay, stay low. But because she's been spoiled her whole life, she has no idea how to exist in the outside world so she goes to she goes to get a bus because she's trying to get to new york to get to the man that she married and all that and she there's a scene where they st- they stop at the bus they stop the bus somewhere and the they're, they're kind of like okay the bus is stopping here because it was like all these cross america trips which were new at the time it was not a big it was not in the 30s it wasn't like everybody was just getting on a coach and going across the country it was a new mm. it was a new thing and so they stop somewhere overnight and they say, okay, well, everybody stop, get off the bus, stretch your legs. We'll be leaving again in two hours. And they're like, and she walks off to a hotel to go check into a hotel because she can't be bothered to hang around for two hours. And they're like, oh, you know, you have to be back in two hours. She's like, oh, I'm sure they'll wait for me. And she sort of walks <laughs> off. So she's that kind of person. And while she's on there, there's a newspaper, a newspaper guy played by Clark Gable who has, he, he figures out who she is Figures out and he and he phones up like an editor and he's like, "Hey, look, I've got a scoop for you. I've got an amazing scoop. All this kind of stuff. Would you want this story?" And he's so his plan is travel along with her, get the story of the whole thing. And he he pretty much realizes that she can't fend for herself. And he says, "Okay, look, I will get you to New York. I'll get you to your on the on the on the condition that you give me the exclusive." You give me an exclusive about your story, about all that kind of stuff, about your love and all that. And that's where we start off on the on the road movie. So already, you know, you're going to have, well, you're setting up this whole thing. You have, essentially, it's the 30s. You have yeah. two, leads. <laughs> two leads. You kind of know what's going to happen. <laughs> you, you kind of know what's going to happen. There's a boy, there's a girl, there's... Yeah, there's a they boy. spend a lot of time together. Yes, yes. So, so you, And I think that this film is a classic of... It's when you're watching, you're thinking, this is how you do a film like this. Yeah. Because you know what's going to happen. But the I think mainly due to the charm of of Clark Gable and Claude Colbert, mainly because of the charm of the two of them, you believe it. You believe that this could actually happen. The way she plays her character right from the word go, you go, okay, spot little rich girl, like kicking off and everything. And I think everything that they do in the film is very, very believable. Mm. The fact that you, you have this whole thing of it's it's pretty much two people falling in love in spite of themselves. <laughs> and you can see there's bits of the film where they're almost kind of disgusted at themselves. <laughs> the fact that, oh my God, I can't believe I'm attracted to this person. And, and, I, and I, I just think that it's, it's just really, really really well done we are, um, when it comes to that but anyway enough of me talking what do you guys reckon yeah I think there's some yeah it's, it's a great movie it's charming it's funny it's um, and it's a slice of what other of the world that's not there anymore which yes. I like about cinema is that sometimes it does when it's I like costume dramas and I like period films and I like films that have but I like also films that are of their day yes so that you look at a film and you think that could not be made at any other time than 1935 yeah and it when you look around that's a world that we won't ever see in again we won't ever see that world and so you get a glimpse into 1935's America yeah and so I love that sort of 
where you it catch is a slice of of history really and so it's yeah i thought it's just a charming film and it just it just draws you in regardless of um mm. what you think about it when you start off it just it just draws you in and yeah. then like there's two standout scenes aren't there there's Claudette Colbert when she hitchhikes yes. when she's trying to hitchhike yeah. and you know, yes. she gets the skirt up to <laughs> this it, yeah. perfect he, he try, he's trying yeah. like this with his and she's like and that's I think that must be is it the first time they did that because that's become such a cliche since that, then it that, must have been because that, yeah. of that. that that is the origin of that scene that's the origin because you have the say as you're saying Clark Gable Clark Gable's so like because he's doing his whole no I'm the man of the world I'm the man of the world you don't know anything now when you're hitchhiking there's a couple of ways that you got to do it he has this whole thing about his <laughs> thumb yeah. and about the way that you hail with the thumb and he tries all three of them and they just so them super fast <laughs> and she's like oh let me have a try and he's like okay cool let's see what you can do and she just goes there puts her leg down and just raises up her skirt and the car just screeches to all <laughs> yeah. it's been used and it's it? been used yeah. so many it's times been used since then hasn't it, it really? it's, it's so. been used it's been used a lot and the thing is I was watching because I was watching this film with my wife a couple of weeks ago the first time I'd ever seen the film and when that scene comes up with the hitchhiker and then I start speaking, I'm, I just sit down and then all of a sudden I'm like, <gasps> even before it happens, I'm yeah. like, that's where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> even before it happens, I, I'm like, this is it. This is the scene. Yeah. This is the scene so, where you have the whole somebody. And every time there's ever a hitchhiker ever, and a film ever again since this moment, the girl always has to <laughs> well, hitch her skirt above her knee. Shows a little bit of leg and the, and the car Agreed. stops. And, and the, the funny thing about it is that there's a guy, I think he was an animator, I think called Fritz, Fritz Freling. Fritz Freeling. Freeling, yeah, yeah. Fritz Freeling, who um, he helped create Bugs Bunny. And apparently, he a lot of stuff from Bugs Bunny was actually inspired by It Happened One Night. Oh, right. So, it makes sense, actually. The more you think about it, yeah, you can yeah. see that. Isn't there a character? That, does, is he called Doc in this? There's a, no, no, that th- there's a character. There's a character yeah. who figures who's who's along there with um, with Clark Gable. And he figures out who Clark Gable's with. And he figures out, oh, there's a there's a reward to be had here. And he keeps calling Clark Gable Doc. Ah. Yeah, he keeps going, oh, come on, Doc. So what are we going to do, Doc? It <laughs> <laughs> just keeps, keeps calling him Doc. And there's a hilarious scene where Clark Gable makes him believe that he's like this gangster guy and everything <laughs> like that and he talks about uh and he talks about the fact that oh yeah i'm taking her up for this for a character called bugs something <laughs> it's, ah. it's like it's like you know like like bugs freeland or something like that yeah. and so he got that big thing and there's a apparently there's also a scene in it where clark gable talks really really quickly while eating carrots <laughs> and all these things he sort of he worked into the character of bugs bunny who showed up six years after this film was made oh, for the wow. first time yeah, and oh, yeah, including mm-hmm. the fact that Bugs Bunny often uses the Claudette Colbert leg trick to start. I tell you, they're great. Those cartoons. He has like a little red bow, doesn't he? And yeah, he yeah, lipstick on him, <laughs> and then he falls up. <laughs> 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 oh, no. So no, but uh, it is genius. I mean, it's, it's a great film. And I, I think you were saying about a couple of scenes. Obviously, the yeah, scene the in the hotel where they—is that the one? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, where they have the divider, and right. then he doesn't he take his that's shirt off? So innocent. Off? Yes. Yes. And didn't it cause a, a, a sort of catastrophic impact on like clothing sales for certain well, menswear items? Because well, did he not have a vest on or something? He didn't have a vest. So there's, and it was there's, like, <gasps> yeah, there's men, this... real men don't wear vests anymore. It's like, Clark Gable doesn't wear a vest. Why should I wear a vest? <laughs> Clark Gable has a hairy chest. I should have a hairy chest too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, apparently they were, they were sort of like vest companies that were like, oh, oh rubbish. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rubbish. Clark Gable doesn't wear a vest. Like, yeah. I, I think it was also, it was also the big, Beginning, the beginning of like you know the whole world of 
product placement mm. where a f- in a film they go oh if we have this guy smoking this brand of cigarettes in this film people will go buy it yeah, or you if we too have could be like sexy like Clark Gable exactly you too can have a bare chest like Clark Gable buy here Gable's chest wigs <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah but this is the scene so whenever they stay in a ho- in a motel and then they stay in a motel and obviously she's kind of like, oh, what are you doing I here? I can't no, possibly, yeah, yes. yeah. Share a room with you. And so he does the whole divided thing where he holds something and then he puts like towels so over it. So yeah. he has his side and she has her side. And I think even the, those scenes, I think it's, it's so well done, the, like the chemistry between the both of them, that yeah. those those scenes, nothing happens. No. But they are so charged. Yeah. yeah. They, they are so Definitely. charged. Like every small thing, like there's a bit where she sees his silhouette as he's taking his shirt off and everything like that and even just that you're like oh god that means a lot (laughs) (laughs) hello yeah and then there's a scene where one of them comes round her petition oh I've already said it one of them comes around the petition into the other one side of the room and you, you kind of think whoa, whoa <laughs> that's a big deal that's a big deal and it's all because the you're film, crossing a line it's like you're crossing a line what are you doing what are you doing and it's just so well done and it's and I think it's just and when you said about a film of its time it's a kind of film that I think about and I I, I despair that it seems to be impossible to do a film like that today because I know, okay, just before we started, went on air, Sean, you were complaining about how films this year have disappointed yep. you and stuff like that. And I feel like there've been a lot of, there've been a lot of films that even the love story is not the main thing or anything like that, but they just fail to convince that. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, definitely. That, that yeah. They really fail to convince that these two people, even if they have like a long period of time or a short period, they fail to convince that these two people could actually have any attraction to each other. They seem to go, well, that's a hot woman. That's yeah. a hot guy. Uh, yeah, that should work. It's gotta work. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. like, do they even like each other? Yeah, but yeah. For me, for me, one of the big culprits for this is the first Thor movie. The first Thor movie. Yeah, because there's no chemistry, is there, between th- Thor and Jane? Yeah, well, it's it's like there's essentially you watch the film, and by the time they do the whole, oh, Thor and Jane get together, you're like, where the hell did that come from? Come from yeah, yeah. That just, <laughs> Came you're out like, of left field. You're like, it's like that didn't come from anywhere. And then you, and when you compare it to a film like It Happened One Night, and you have pretty much there isn't like anything. There's no like, there's there's no like massive things that happen to them. It's essentially two people sat down on various. It's kind of almost like you know a romantic plane trains and automobiles. Yeah. Two people sat down on various modes of transports throughout the film bickering for like an hour and that's uh, but you totally believe and you totally get that yeah these people I, I think we observed early on when you said that they they even the the characters are disappointed with themselves because they yeah they, yeah. they don't want to feel like how can i how can this be you know yeah. how can this be yeah. how can i be attracted to this woman because she's like everything i just snap don't yeah. like yeah well, i mean uh, the, there's there's a line that i love uh, i absolutely love in this film where where Clark Gable's talking about, he's talking about, because obviously it's a romantic comedy plus track slash road movie slash screwball comedy. And you have this whole things where it's like, um, I think there's, it's like, it's in the form book that they've got to not like each other and they've got to kind of like each other. Something's mm. got to go wrong and there's got to be a misunderstanding where one person thinks this and the other person thinks that before it all gets resolved. And there's there's a bit in where he, he feels he's been taken for a ride and he goes to meet her dad. And because there's been this £10,000 or $10,000 reward for her, um, her dad is expecting that he's come to collect his $10,000 reward and he goes no I itemized everything and he hands him a piece of paper that says I sold two shirts to pay for gas I did this and it comes to like $39 <laughs> <laughs> and his dad is like 
what about the ten thousand dollars? Like, I don't want the ten thousand dollars. I want thirty nine dollars. That's why I don't like to be taken for a ride. And and her and it pretty much her dad immediately falls in love. He's with like, this the is the yeah, man for my knows. daughter. Yeah. He's like, this is the man for my daughter. And and there's a bit where he keeps going. Let me ask you a question. Do you love my daughter? And he keeps evading the question. Yeah. Do you love my daughter? Do you love my daughter? And then Clark Gable just sort of turns on before he leaves the room and goes. Yes, I do, but don't hold that against me. <laughs> Walks out of the room. And I'm thinking, man, Clark Gable knew how to leave a room with, with a yeah. line. Yeah. It's like, say the line, walk off. Walk how, how about you with Clark Gable being the screen idol? Would you? Yeah, I mean, no, like we definitely. spoke about Russell Crowe. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely, because yeah. he was one of my favourite actors when I was a child. I, I must sound like a really strange child for people to listen to my show. <laughs> because I was, I was really into... The things I was really into was completely unlike nearly all of my friends. And if I talked about film stars to my friends, they had no idea who I was talking, talking about. about. Yeah. So I went through a phase where he was, Clark Gable was one of my favourite film stars. Oh, for real. And this was like in the 1970s. And so my friends were like, you know, I would be going on about Frank Sinatra and, <laughs> and listening to the Everly Brothers and things. Because I had a real cultural mishmash of things that I was really yeah. passionate about. Yeah. But I used to love Clark Gable when I was growing up. And it wasn't just because of... And it wasn't because of like Gone with the Wind because I didn't really like it that much, but it was things like you know Meet on the Bounty that he did and yeah he did Teacher's Pet with Doris Day and you know this film with Robert There's so many films he did and uh, I'm trying to think The Misfits. I used to just I just loved Clark yeah. Gable. He was getting on a bit in The Misfits. Like, yeah, he was. Yeah. That was one of his last films. That was one of his last. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought of him as yeah. I thought to me he was you know handsome he when I was the, a child. He was yeah. what you know he was what proper handsome man mm. I think it was the Tash in some of his was films he, he could wear a Tash that like, swagger what about Errol Flynn then with Tashes yeah see I, I, Errol Flynn wasn't my thing because he was my brother's big thing because my brother looks a little bit like Errol Flynn and he'd always <laughs> and people would say to him so, you know you look like Errol Flynn oh right okay because he does actually yeah. and so my brother became really into Errol Flynn <laughs> but he had every film he had he had all the books he had uh, all the memorabilia he's got lots of memorabilia about Errol Flynn so I was never really an Errol Flynn girl okay, that was see, my brother's see, thing now we're talking Sean is a kind of person that like you know Sean loves Errol Flynn you I love do. you love Errol Flynn so much that like let's say <laughs> the, yes, Ru- the yes, Russell Crowe the Russell Crowe discussion we're having earlier if yeah. we said Errol Flynn I'd be like mm, yeah. he's a man's man but yes. he was so handsome when he was younger yeah. but he wasn't you know he wasn't he was, wasn't my film star no. he was like he, my yeah. brother had dibs on him <laughs> <laughs> as a fan favourite <laughs> oh man but I'll tell you what it, the thing this is the first ever Claude Colbert film I've seen and it makes me just want to go find more yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. because because I think I think that's a I think she has something that I feel I never saw Judy Dench act as a young woman but I no. feel like I feel like she has a similar kind of like well definitely face shape that just kind of like a sort of like impish mischievous twinkle behind the eyes kind of thing and it makes me want to go find more Claudia Colbert movies, mm. but I think it happened one night. Brilliant film, Frank Brilliant Capra. Film. You're yeah. a genius. It won won five Academy Awards as well, didn't it? It yeah. was, which it wasn't expected well, it, to. It, it was, was well, yes, yeah, I think it was one of the first big films that almost like not swept the board, but had multiple awards well, in that. Yeah. In, in in the Academy Awards, they talk about the big five. Mm. They talk about the big five awards, which is like the film best actress. the best actor. Best actress, best picture, best director, and best screenplay. So the best best writer, mm-hmm. and it happened one night was the be- was the first film ever to win all five. Wow! It and it's only ever been repeated twice by. Let's Ooh. guess them. Let's guess them. You want to guess a quiz? Okay, cool. Check. Okay, so here's here's the thing. Without yeah, looking you, at Wikipedia, some, I won't look at Wikipedia. Put, but, put, but put Wikipedia away. Okay, I'll tell you okay. what. We're gonna play. I'm gonna play some music now from yeah. It Happened One Night. This okay. is when they're on a bus and they're singing. Um, 
of the daring young man on the flying trapeze, which, which it becomes a recurring motif throughout the film. And then we'll come back and we'll see whether you guys can guess what are the other two films that have won the big five awards. You might so, have to give us some clues, though. Okay, cool. I'll, yeah. I'll, I will yeah. come up with a clue when we come back. But first of all, before we do that, here is the man on the flying trapeze from It Happened One Night. Now we'll get tonight. Man on the Flying Trapeze, played during a key, oh, I think, Mumby Falling in Love scene in, in, in Happened One Night. Now, we were talking about this, and we came up with an impromptu quiz. So, I I asked you guys, what are the other two films in the history of the Academy Awards, apart from It Happened One Night, that have won the top five, the big five? That's Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Picture, Best Director, and Best screenplay well we've we've decided on one that we might think so without 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 a without without any clue okay cool but then maybe give us a clue what do you reckon yeah we, was just we was, i was just yeah running through different scenarios ahead. i think the african queen yeah, might I be would, a contender I would have to say that you've got humphrey bogart catherine hepburn, hepburn john, john houston okay cool yeah yeah are we close that's and a good that's a good call that's a good call but unfortunately oh, oh unfortunately no. that is not one of the films that's that is not, not one, one of the films wow so i'm going to give you your first well it's not made up but it's like hastily put together okay. i'm going to give you the decade okay in which okay. each of these films are released I'm going to give you the decade because I was going to give you the year then I thought, no, duh, that's like a dead giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> so, the the first film, so we had It Happened One Night in the 30s mm-hmm. to win the Big Five. The next film to win the Big Five was released in the 70s. 70s? Crikey. Wow. It was released in the 70s. And then the next, the, then the third film, which is the only other film apart from those two, uh, from it happened on and whatever the one that was released in the seventies to win the Big Five was released in the nineties. Seventies <gasps> and nineties. Seventies and nineties. Seventies. Let me just go through the seventy years. <laughs> okay. Right. Now. Oh, okay. Terms of endearment. No. No, 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 but we must carry on with the show. Okay. We were, oh, I probably hit the wrong <laughs> we stop keep, keep shouting at us, these <laughs> random films. You're just going to be like, halfway through a film, you're going to be like, that one! <laughs> 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 like, a squirrel! Right. I should be shouting at random things for the rest of the show. <laughs> so, 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 
<laughs> speaking of 70s, mm. uh, yeah, speaking about films released in the 70s, now we have a hidden gem. Now, this is a film that when it was released, maybe not many people even know about it now. It might be a bit hard to come by, but it's still an awesome, awesome film. Sean, you have had, you have, you've had the privilege to pick today's hidden gem. Yeah. Would you like to tell us what film it is that you have picked? This is this is an absolutely brilliant one about road movies. This is one of the the best road movies I've seen. In fact, I would say this was probably this was the the film that made me just want to drive America, which I did. This was this was top film. It's a 1971 film, and it's called Two Lane Blacktop. Two Lane Blacktop. Yeah, Two Lane Blacktop. All never right. heard of it. Pardon? You've never heard <laughs> never of it. Never heard. Of well, it. it didn't come out on. It was never released on VHS. It was. Um, it was never well. It's hard DVD. I think they didn't release it till the two thousands. Yeah. And then there's only. I mean, it's so hard to get, but it's just such a a great film. It's, and it's a really, really strange film because um, there's just really four characters in it, really. And and none, and none of them, from what I can see, none of them really have names. No, they don't. No, <laughs> no, they have. Well, the names: the mechanic, the driver, the hitcher, and GTO. Okay. This is pretty much named after his car. <laughs> his car, yeah, Pontiac GTA. So, is, yeah. so, 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 okay. So, I've done a little bit of reading on this. As you said, it's it's a it's this film is a bit hard to get to come by. I couldn't actually. It's like trying to find it to watch and actually, but it I find it really really intriguing. Mm. But okay, just kick kick off and tell us a little bit about. Okay, this is the seventies. So tell us what story there is, if if there okay. is any. Well, I guess what it is is you had the 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 hippie era where everything was supposed to be great and lovely and fantastic. Oh, in the 60s. Yeah, 60s. And then in the 70s, a lot of people become disillusioned and a bit nihilistic because, you know, there was was crisis everywhere, the Vietnam. So all this lovely heyday of love and peace and everything became a little bit more, you know, uh, people became disillusioned, I think, with, uh, I think that's that's probably the word. The, The 60s generation became a, bit disillusioned with what was going on in the world you know at the time mm-hmm. there was a lot of strange things happening in the 70s you know, <laughs> early, early 70s anyway so yeah so that was like the so this film is basically uh, it's 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 hard to explain because there's no it's just they're just driving these characters are just they yeah they, yeah because that's the thing i was actually I actually had it written that i was going to be like i'm going to ask sean to explain this film and i can guarantee that he's going to struggle oh uh, yeah <laughs> well yeah it's uh, okay we, we, uh, the story okay what for what story there is yeah g- give, try and give us like you know a prezi of whatever story that there actually is okay well basically it's it's these uh, starts off with um you just see this this chevy old chevy 57 chevy yeah taken off across just driving down the road, stops off at a gas station, and then a guy pulls up in a GTO car, Pontiac GTO. And yeah. They have a discussion, and they decide that they're going to race for pink slips. So they go, and that's just the way they do it. It's just know, what's a pink slip? Oh, pink slip is like the the registration of the car. So it's okay. The car. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So whoever wins the race will have Win the other the... person's car. Yeah. And they're just like quite matter of fact about it, and they said okay. And the, the driver says, well. Well, name name where you want to race to, and this is it. They start off in Los Angeles. Just where do you want to go? Oh, let's go to Washington. It says okay, we'll race this pink slips to Washington. And, so, and for for anybody who knows the the geography of America, that's essentially all, all the, way, the way across, all the way coast, across yeah. the country, so from yeah. the west coast right over to the east coast. So, and which and will probably take about three four days if you did they, it. They, yeah, if yeah. You if you stop. just didn't stop, but yeah. I mean, along the way they stop and they stop at diners and they, they, you know, it's 
they never really they never really seem to get anywhere but <laughs> it's it's <laughs> and I, there's just some great bits in it yeah. so basically that's all it is and it's this um the gto guy he picks up lots of different hitches along the way and he just tells them all these fantastic stories of like he's a you know, he's worked for the government and he's just escaped from here. And, and these <laughs> these people just sat next to him in the car and he's, he's driving along, which is Warren Oates, which is one of my top actors anyway, wow. favourite actor. Yeah, I was going to say something about GTO. the cast. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so so all these characters get in this like a business and all he does is sit down, this chap sits in with a suitcase while they're driving along and he goes, yeah, I worked for the government and that. And, you know, I'm a seat. And he just tells all these... And his, his, his jumper's changed. They change colours. It's, like, strange. They change to... He's got a black one on, then an orange one on. What do you mean in the same scene? No, no, in different scenes. But okay. when you see him at different times... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's sort of got a different coloured cravat. And he's, <laughs> but and he's great. Warren Oates is just, like... So, he's, so, well, he's, he's, he's... I guess you could say he's, like, the, the only character you could really have any empathy with because the other characters... Well, you it, don't really get any... There's no... There's nothing there. Yeah, because I was I was reading about this film. I'm reading about this film. It does come across as one of those films that is kind of about nothing. And I think There's you sort of, you sort of yeah. hit the nail on the head that they never seem to get anywhere. And I think it was it's it's kind of like one of those films that's in that sort of vein. The the and it gets lumped a lot with Easy Rider mm. with the film because Easy Rider. We're talking about road movies. We didn't we didn't pick Easy Rider because we had a, another film to talk about as the thing and the hidden, Easy Rider is by no means a hidden gem. That's right. But but it's really kind of like that sort of countercultural thing, that seventies thing, that sort mm. of disaffected youth thing, and that whole thing like like we don't we don't know what's going on in life. I mean, it makes me think a little bit of the graduates as the well. The graduate. Yep. That's, yeah, that's which, a good analogy. Yeah, which the, I think the difference is with this road movie is there's not so many panoramic scenes. You don't see it's very uh, I guess you could call it, you know, Intimate. Midwest America. Well, well, yeah, but there's no big scenes. You don't see any deserts, you don't see any mountains in the background. It's just very very all flat and boring. All flat and boring, you know, maybe a few <laughs> few dust hills, but and the, you know, you get the old style gas station motel. Just what you imagine Route 66 to be like, you know, what that old, what, what would have been before the yeah the high flying car. So there's no real panoramic. It's 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 it's, it's just a, such a strange film, and it needs to be watched. And it's it's compelling. And funny enough, I was listening to a couple of critics saying that, and they said I thought I was going to hate this film, but I and I just can't stop watching it. I just you just because there's there's never there's there's hardly any dialogue really. Yeah. They just sit there and, brrr, and they're driving along. And the hitcher, the only time they sort of really pay any attention is through the mirror of the car. So they don't, they never like because, turn around. Yeah, the hitcher's a girl, is a, the, oh, is yeah, a woman. Sorry, yeah, the hitcher's a woman. Yeah. And they pick her up and she's sat in the back. And they just look, you know, and they hardly say anything. And But if they do, it's all through the, the, the rear view mirror, you know, and it's, it's just, that's it. They're just there. But it's compelling watch. Yeah, well, because that's, the thing about it is that from just speaking about it and seeing some clips on, uh, on YouTube and all that, it really does look like that kind of film that just will slowly sort of draw. It's it's more concerned about atmosphere. Yeah. And it's and the whole idea of this road, like you're traveling and you're traveling, you're traveling, you're traveling, and you're not getting anywhere, seems to be, I mean, even just from, like, you know, the synopsis of the film, that seems to be this is the point of the movie. That's it. Traveling and not getting anywhere. And it's... um, And the the cast as well, because it stars people who are not known for acting. There's James Taylor, mm -hmm. who was like the sort of folk musician. Yeah. musician. Yeah, he did, I know him uh, as a musician. Yeah, he did like... Didn't you, know he did much acting. I don't, I don't think he did. He didn't. This was like... He, 
they just pick the people and, and yeah. you probably know the other guy from the Beach Boys. Yeah, the other guy is Dennis Wilson, who was the oh, who, the drummer of the Beach Boys. Yeah. The drummer of the Beach Boys and they were the they they are the two leads in this film and it's not so it doesn't seem and it <laughs> it's it, it, and it seems like that's almost intentional. Like what they represented yep. in their music and what they represented as a culture that uh, mm. is what you you put them in, these sort of like young sort of icons and you put them in the film and it's it's kind of and it, it really does seem like it's are we even called it an exploration <laughs> it's, no. it's even an exploration <laughs> it just seems like this is a film that's just and even though like you know i understand what that critic meant when he said i thought i'd hate it because i'm looking at this film going you know this film seems to have everything that should make me hate it and yet i'm intrigued and i want mm. to watch it <laughs> i'm intrigued and i want to watch it and i don't know why it's just and it's, it's even and even the fact that like two lame blacktop apparently that re, that um, that uh, refers to the road. Yeah, that's what that's what they call the road because the roads were tarred and so yeah. they call them blacktops and they're black talking tops. about two lame blacktop and all they all they really care about is being on the road. Mm. They don't have a clue where they're going, so but it's, it's, with only two lanes as well, so there's not like you know like they're not like freeways. They're not on, call they're not it on like freeways. A single carriage right? Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, and that's what most of the, the time, but some of the hits just... But maybe it doesn't sound so, a, a single carriage just trying, tarmac. I'm just trying to think, the UK made remake of Two Lane Blacktop called Single Carriage <laughs> Rain. <laughs> Coming soon to a theatre yeah. near you. Yeah. <laughs> tarmac. But, but, I mean, it's, it's quite... Doesn't quite zing, does it? Bernie? Sorry, 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 Sean, please carry Yeah. But they, 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 I mean, at other times they still, even though they're, they're, they're racing across America, they still meet up with each other and they still chat and there's not like any, any animosity to, or well, yeah, there's no yeah. rush to get there. You know, they go in the same diner and it's just almost like they, you know, they, I don't know, maybe need each other or something. Maybe it's not the race is important at all. Yeah, it's it just, just gives them of, both a reason to yeah, do yeah. It's just, just trying to find yourself yeah, sort of a way of connecting with somebody. But the, the, the hitches that get picked up and worn out stories and he's like, well, you, you know, well, no. so he's got that big ring. He goes, oh, yeah. You know, and he's telling them all the story. And they just sat there like, you know, not saying a word. Well, and then he picks someone else up and, yeah, well, I'm on my way. I'm racing these guys, you know. And okay. So so now Route 66. Now, this is a big thing in America, mm. uh, kind of like around the world. Like it's been exported on Route 66. Is this romanticized idea that people have that like, even... If I've never been on Route 66, but I've heard of Route 66 mm. and talking about people, get your kicks on Route 66, the song. It doesn't people... exist anymore. Most well, of the things say formerly Route 66. If you see any of the signs, it says formerly Route 66. Um, because what? it's all changed now. A lot, a lot of Interstate 40 is... is what used to be what used to be route so this was, this was essentially a road that went across america chicago yeah chicago to los angeles yeah so, so it went went across america and it's um and as you said it might be subsumed with other things mm. and all that and um but this film has been referred to as i mean you've driven route 66 yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's been referred to as uh as a, almost like a time capsule of route 66 yeah. because that's what they drive yeah and people say like oh pretty much if you want to know what route 66 looked like and what was the, what the big deal was about it Go watch Two Lane Blacktop. Two Lane Blacktop. Yep, that's and, it. And you would agree? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. It's just like there's no, you know, there's no major cities. There's, you know, if you pull into a town, it's like, you know, a crossroads with with some shops. You know, the like you see in all the things like the hardware store and, and maybe a, a grocery store and a diner. You know, all the diners tied up to the hitching post. Yeah, all the diners. You know, like like. Like, well, well, there's all that nostalgia now, isn't there? You see all these old diners, you yeah. know, and stuff. So, so did you, did you, when you went on Route 66, did you spot anything from the film while you were there? I didn't actually. I didn't oh. actually. Cause, but I, I did stop, and I, I've got this photo, and I'll probably have to show it to you, because there's this, this old guy's got, and he's got a big sign, Route 66, and he, like, lives there, and he's got 
all memorabilia from there and it's you know it's just a place you can go and visit and you can sit and you can get a cup of coffee and have a look and he's got old cars and yeah so well if it still exists i mean that would have been when would i have been there 93 probably something like that Oh yeah, by ninety three. So yeah. hopefully he's still there, although he might be might be gone now. Yeah. I, I guess I guess it was when that road was built. It was a bit like in the UK when um, the motorways were first built, and it was yeah. a big thing. And people would go on driving holidays, and mm. they would send like postcards from Memory yeah. Services. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw I saw a documentary about it. I was like, oh wow. I guess I guess it must have been a big deal. And it's, I guess it was a bit like oh, Route sixty six. Okay, Sean, I have. Something to tell you about this film. Go on then. Which I, it, uh, I I hate to sully your memory of this film That's or okay. like how much you love this film or anything like that. But this film about two young men who drive around America and just look for people to race on and that's all they seem to care about in a sort of nihilistic lifestyle. You do realize that this, one of your loved movies, is the direct inspiration for the Fast and the Furious franchise. Really? I did not I did not know that at all. I didn't no, know. Yeah, is, I suppose I see what you're saying. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Um, the thing is, no, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it is. I don't think... I'm, no, probably no, no, what, no, no, But, but I, I'm thinking like, essentially, the Fast and the Furious is the cinematic grandchild or something like that. Oh, of I don't know. I don't know if I could agree with that. I don't know if I could agree with that at all because they, they race in all fabulous big cities and they all swagger out and yeah, all the stuff yeah. and that whereas this is totally <laughs> but they have and they the... don't even race really do they they just do jobs oh no no know, no st- to begin with they did yeah, the okay, first the okay, first three well, four movies did they, they yeah they, they did so yeah i just thought i'll sully, yeah, no, I'll sully okay. the memory of something that you love <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, 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 I would have to disagree with you there times i'm sorry <laughs> i know i'm pretty precious about my movies but that's like <laughs> I, I reckon and, and i do agree far. with you on a lot you've, got too far. you've, you've overstepped the mark there <laughs> Yeah, I reckon it's the same time. spirit. It's the same, <laughs> it's the same road loving nihilistic spirit. That's where's, a lie. Where's, where's the road in the Fast and Furious? Oh, they drive down mountains and things. <laughs> <laughs> They're in a bit okay. more of a hurry. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. And they get all this. Yeah, but they've. What, you know, the one thing that really bugs me when they're those movies <laughs> is when they all toes in. How could you? They go. They get sorry. I'm gonna have to say this. Is they all swagger out and it goes in slow motion. They've all got posh clothes on and they go to the thing and, they're all, bum, 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 and I'm like, you okay. know what? On that note, and then okay, let's let's get yeah, okay. let's get Sean happy again. <laughs> We're gonna play some music from Two Lane Black Top. This is Chris Christopherson oh. with me and Bobby McGee. <gasps> Great song. If it sounds country, man, that's what it is. It's a country song. Yeah. Okay. Well, one, two, three, four. Busted flat and Baton Rouge and heading for the trains Feeling nearly faded as my jeans Bobby thumbed a diesel down just before I took a song Yep, that was Chris Christopherson with me and Bobby McGee from the soundtrack of Tulane Blacktop, a film that Sean says all the music in it is actually played what through the radio, through, through the, the car radio. radio, yeah, or or cassette. I mean, GTO's got a cassette and he he plays. Um, he, he does have the hitcher in his car for a little while, and he's he's got the cassette. You know, they play the cassette. He says, "Oh, listen to that," and the 
the hitchhiker just looks through and said, yeah. "Oh, you've got this. This is pretty good." And then he sort of hope he's hoping he's hoping with this hitchhiker that you know there'd be some sort there of might be something, yeah. doesn't happen. <laughs> and the driver of the other car quite likes him as well, but she ends up she ends up with the mechanic. So for a little while, only for a little while, and then okay. Yeah. Now with this, now the, you also said something else that that I think has to go down on the list of the worst ideas that anybody in Hollywood oh, yeah. has ever had. I know. What uh, What did you tell me before we started? Well, I look, look just today and they're remaking it, 2017. They're, they're, doing they're a making remake. a remake yeah, of yeah. And, and They're making a remake and, of it. And Sharon, you were saying earlier about films that are of their time yeah. and films that are just sort of like, you know, you think, okay, this is the time or this is the only time that film could be made. Yes. I feel like this is a film that totally totally fits that yeah and remaking it sounds yeah. like the uh, dumbest oh idea it does ever. it really does but i mean some of the remakes i have liked so you know to be yeah to but be fair so no but you could see how i, I don't understand how they're gonna i think there's a whole cultural world a tapestry that yeah. this film fits into that doesn't exist anymore that no. you can't just kind of try you and can't recreate. recreate it no, no. You, can, you can't and i, I just oh, i don't know what they're trying to do i, but, I don't yeah so that's it's starring um, George Ezra, Chris Robinson, and James Taylor. So, uh, was Jay Sale going to be Jay, GTO or something? The, the driver rumored. George Ezra, James rumored. So, that it's, this is it's based on the seventy one cult classic. Um, Bad idea. This time with a hugely reformed script, plot, and dialogue. No. Oh, so it's nothing like the first one, then? Hey. Just don't call it that. <laughs> uh, it's going yeah, to be change stupid. It to something out. It's gonna be stupid. All right, cool. So oh, no. anyway, anyway, sorry. Anyway, just, yeah, let me get over that shock. Give us the other clue. Give us the other clue. Okay, no. First of all, you guys said you had a couple of choices. We're trying to figure out what was the, what were the other two movies apart from It Happened One Night that have won the big five of Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, Best Picture, and uh, Best Screenplay. Well, I probably have a good guess at the seventies one only through going from like because I mean that's my it from seventy. What I was going Godfather okay. seventy. To yeah. Godfather, okay. So I'm going on a bit more. I'm thinking Godfather, but okay. So 70s. What do you reckon? Well, I reckon it's a bit in, something in the late 70s, late later 70s. Okay. Uh, and is it a film with Jack Nicholson in? Yes. Yes. So yeah. So I think I. Do you want to? Have a, there's a clue. Well, I can only think of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Bingo! <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. You have successfully spotted what the 1975 movie was. Because Nurse Ratchet. Because I was trying Nurse to think, Ratchet, you know, who yeah. was the actress, that. Maybe but Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, Nurse Ratchet. And of course, it's Michael Douglas, wasn't it? Got the Oscar. He for Didn't best. He? He, for, he was a producer he was for producer. best picture. For best mm. picture. picture. And Milos Forman. Milos Forman won ah. one for best director. director. And ooh, I don't know who wrote who wrote the screenplay, but we'll find that out before the next one have you guys had any chairs, any thoughts about the 90s one? i haven't i haven't got onto the 90s the only thing yet, i could think of i wasn't quite sure if it was 90s or later but i think in the movie sort of shakespeare in love nope nope because you're trying to think of best actresses because i think the actors are a bit more out there but i was thinking best actresses trying to go through them okay and i, I'm I gonna struggle with the, with the i'm going to struggle with the 90s a bit Seven, okay. of course 70s was i mean i just yeah. okay. went through the years shall i give you i'm going to give you the initials of the people who won the awards okay for the for this so the initials should i tell you what role they won or what what their thing okay. like what the character easy. names mean. okay okay no that would be a bit too easy yeah. okay so the winners of the diff of the diff the initials of different people i'm not going to tell you what they no won. no no no. i'm going to okay. tell you what they won jd yep 
TT JF AH and well the thing is that the best picture is usually the producers of the film so I'll tell you that this one because I don't think this is helpful at all <laughs> but I'll tell you that this one is the producers of the film their initials were ES KU and RB but as I said I do not think that that one is helpful at all <laughs> so I will focus on the other ones and try and figure out if any one of those work match any actor actress director mm. combo that you can think of Right, cool. And now we go into the final part of the show. <laughs> final part of the show where we talk about um, uh, what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about an exception to the rule, a film rule, made yeah. after 1980. And today we have chosen Thelma and Louise. Great film. Good film. Good Sharon, film. you haven't said much today, so do you oh, want to tell crikey. us? <laughs> can you okay tell us what you remember about Thelma, Thelma and Louise? This is a 1991. I believe 1991 Ridley Scott movie. Yes, yep. I remember that it was Ridley Scott and it was um, two friends, Thelma and Louise, played by Susan Sarandon mm-hmm. and Gina Davis. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one was Thelma which one was Louise. I think Thelma was the older one, which would make it Susan Sarandon. Oh, no, no, she no. was Louise. She was she Louise. Louise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're best friends and I think it's Louise, um, it's Thelma then, who yeah, has is, Davis, in a rela- yeah. is in an abusive relationship. Yes, yes, you're right. And Susan, and Susan Sarandon's character just it says it's time that we just split so they go across country and they they have these series of encounters as they go across country and they have a brush with the law I can't remember why they have a brush with the law why they're fleeing the law um, but they end up being pursued by the law enforcement officers and they get they end up, do you remember who they were? Harvey Harvey Keitel yeah mm-hmm. Yes, I remember there. Um, and so they are pursued across the country and they avoid certain states because of something that happened that was horrible in the past. Yep. So they uh, they grow and they end up going through like the sort of desert states. So it must be sort of southern. I'm trying to think what part of the country. Arizona. Nevada, Arizona. Arizona. They, they essentially decide to drive to the Grand, Grand Canyon. To go to the Grand that, Canyon. I know that's... they end up at the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And they end up, it's sort of slightly sort of cowboy, isn't it? So they end up going to some of these like cowboy bars. And although they meet a very young Brad Pitt, who's a little bit of a hustler. That, his first ever screen role. Mm. And he has quite an impact, yeah. as yeah. I seem to remember. Yes, yes, and yes. There's these sort of series. There of were a lot of women doing the whole Russell Crowe. Wow, oh my who's God, that? who's he? Ooh, young <laughs> man. <laughs> he was a cowboy, wasn't he? He was, he was yeah, a cowboy, yeah. yeah. I know he was a bit of like a, oh, young man. Uh, so I know they have this series of encounters. Michael's sort of racking my brain, so it's been well, a few it, years it is, since I've seen it. Yeah, you, you, you're doing pretty well. And so, yeah, they end up having this confrontation where it's, you know, fight or flight. And they make this yeah. choice at the very end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I thought you were about Between to Between fight away. or flight, yeah. I, th- I thought you were good. But um, the, so, yeah, p- pretty much right. What happens is that they go off and then the, because they're trying to have fun and like, you know, Thelma's like she's been in an abusive relationship. So they go to a bar, they meet a guy, they go out and the guy starts getting a little bit forceful with Thelma. So Louise um, has, well, Thelma's brought along a gun for some reason. And then Louise has this gun and so like, so she sa- tells the guy to leave Thelma alone. Mm-hmm. And when, so the guy leaves them alone, but he starts abusing them and everything. He says something that, swi- that, that yeah. just sort of like mm. flicks something mm. in Louise and she shoots him. Shoots him, she kills him. And then I that. Is this like the car park of a bar? It's yeah. the car it's park. It's coming back to me now. It's like one of these sort of truck stops where you yeah. have like a whole bunch of tankers and all that. And she shoots him and that's what kicks everything off. And so, and from that point on, it's kind of like, it becomes one of these things where 
it's that's your inciting incident and yeah. then little by little almost everything else that happens just takes them deeper and deeper and deeper and it means that the people who the law enforcement who follow them just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then it goes into this great road movie and i think it's almost a little bit westerny yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. almost yeah it's it's almost a little bit westerny like you know you talk about Brad Pitt showing up and he's very very cowboy and he has this whole scene where he talks to Thelma about he out, he's he's running away from parole because he robs banks and the way he talks about the way he rubs them and he puts on like a Stetson and everything like that and he's like everybody hold up and it's pretty much like a scene <laughs> yeah. out of a western when Brad Pitt shows up and makes this massive impact with his washboard abs and yes. his young face and his I'm not bitter <laughs> his at all lovely hair <laughs> you Which know, you, yeah okay so we've done Clark Gable um, <laughs> we've done what about Brad Pitt then where does he not come in on this there? particular does but I do candy? like I do think Brad Pitt has a well turned ankle I have to say. You see, uh, I think, I do think that Brad Pitt is Robert Redford's son somewhere. I yeah. do. I saw a film with him in called Moneyball and he looked just like Robert he Redford. Did, you, you have mentioned, you have mentioned yeah. that. You have you have mentioned that it's uh, that you feel like Robert Redford and Brad Pitt's mum have had a dalliance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like older Brad Pitt like right. from Tron Tron, Tron, Tron from Troy onwards I liked him when he was young he was a bit too pretty for me right. but as he's got older I think he's got more character in his face from well, Tron I guess you like Jeff Bridges then or... I used to yeah <laughs> <laughs> we've got you we've got you pegged <laughs> so, well, the thing is uh, even when watching Thelma and Louise and remember when Brad Pitt shows up with this scene I remember even thinking you yeah, know that's a that's a good looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> I even remember thinking that. But I think the he's just a small bit part in it. And the main thing really is about this relationship with between these, these two, two women. women. Yeah. And it's I know it's been called like a feminist movie. Well, largely because it was one of the very few films that has two women as the lead. Yeah. It has two women as the leads and it's it has them on the poster as the names and it isn't like a it isn't a schmaltzy rom-com or it isn't like them sitting around and talking about getting their nails done or any other horribly stereotypical woman thing. It's really, it's it's about them going along and it's almost, it's, well, I guess, I guess it's almost another thing about the road movie. It's a, it's probably like, you know, you're saying about two lame blacktop mm. and people, people driving and going but not really seem to be going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like with both of them, they're driving and, with with things that happen to them as they're going along, mm. there is a little bit of a wake of you discover more about them as yeah. each at mm. each step of the journey, don't you? You yeah. understand them more and you understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And you it makes ultimately uh, uh, where they want to go to. Yeah, like and a big thing about why um why Louise acts uh, reacts yeah. in the way she does. You find out stuff about this as as it goes along and you find out more about them. But you start forgetting more and more of this feeling that like you know like they're driving mm. and there's it's like where's the end destination where are they going because pretty much as it goes along you start realizing that where they come from they cannot can't come they can't they go, can't back. go back they, no. can go back. they can't no. go back to no. it so it's like so where are they going and it's and i think it's just i remember seeing this film when i saw this film i must i must have been like maybe 13 14 mm. and it wasn't really the kind of film that i would watch because i was it was I was a 13, 14 year old boy. It was all about the action. Yeah, movies. you wouldn't have pegged it as a boy, a, teen, a yeah. teenage boy would particularly yeah. Yeah, be called towards. Yeah, it, it's it's all about action movies. I mean, it's called Thelma and Louise. It's got like two. And I, I remember thinking this. I'm going, what film was this? So Thelma and Louise. Like what? It was randomly showed up on some like, channel in Nigeria, and I was like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't. But I remember watching it and going, oh wow, and just getting myself drawn into this world and following this thing and seeing what's going on and. 
and feeling like, oh my word, they can't really go back to where they've come from. And oh, I'd, I'd, I like good stuff to happen for them, but I'm not sure how that's gonna. I'm not sure how it's gonna work out. And it's just and and I think also like some of the vistas that Sean you were talking about. That's that was what makes me think of it. Like it, yeah. it looks like like almost of Monument Valley type mm. stuff where they just show this American countryside. Yeah, the landscape. You, it's it's that's, a character yeah. in the film, isn't it? It does set is a it's a background, but it sort of lends that feeling towards the film of this landscape. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? That area of of the United States, like Arizona, Nevada, Utah, all that area is all very much. It's like man versus nature it's, almost, yeah, isn't it? Because it's, it's just it's, so big. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I, I would I would agree with that. I mean, I mean, you mentioned the film Hell, Hello High Water, Hello High Water, which I yeah. think sort of taps into that same it's thing. The same sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, it taps into and, and also American Honey, which I was saying about that. It just shows a different part of them because most people imagine America, huge big cities, New yeah. York, mm. yeah. And this is just a total different America. This is like where you are completely isolated from the rest of the yeah, country. Yeah, you know, because most people do, don't they? Oh, when they talk about America, they think Disneyland, New York, Los Angeles, yeah. San Francisco, mm-hmm. and all the big places, and yet. You know, there's well, it's a a massive place. It's it's huge. It's a massive, massive place because you've got these towns. It's like a day's drive Mm. from any other town, isn't it? And it's like that is your world. Then if that's if it takes you a day to get anywhere, then you don't leave. And it's. But yeah, it's great it's when strange. you go to the. I, I love those places, and you just see a little diner or a little motel, nothing else around. You know, maybe a small shop, and it's it's to, well. And to me, my favourite, my, my favourite part of the United States is that that sort of. Uh, that my area. brother did like a road trip and around California. that part of America, and they all thought he was Australian. Yeah, they and did, his friends yeah. was like, "Where are you from?" And they said the Isle of Wight. It was like, huh? What's one of those? But one guy they actually got a lift from. They did where they were hitchhiking and they were walking and they were doing all sorts of things. One guy picked them up. He had been in the army and he was stationed outside of Portsmouth during the first and second world war. And he knew exactly what it was. They're like, yes, (laughs) validation. (laughs) And that was in the middle of nowhere. Just picked up in this big Mm. truck. Yeah, they picked them up. Picked them up in. Oh, and but also with Thelma and Louise, um, we've spoken about like you know the fact that they can go back to where they come from, and it has like you know you get this sense of this, this bond between these two women. Yeah. They this sort of because it's really more about almost more about friendship. Than yeah, I and it wasn't so, about yeah, their ages because obviously there's this age gap, but that makes no difference. They yeah. sort of just got this connection. Yeah. Which and yeah, and, and I feel works. like I feel like it's one of the most effective. I'm, I'm talking ever one of the most effective um representations of just friendship. Mm. That you you the, like these characters arrive on the screen fully formed. They have a history together. You get to see them, and the fact that they just that what like the way that they they're just there for each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's almost kind of like a representation of a friendship that anybody would want to have. Yeah, that anybody would want to have between the two of them. And we must talk in as vague terms as possible about the ending. Like the ending yeah. is it's. I think the ending of this film. Im- is probably one of the few is one of the things that makes it great. Yes. Because that ending we talk about the we talk about the leg in like yeah. Colbert's leg in it, it happened one, one night. night and that how that just gets like you know parodied and copied and everything like that throughout the ages and I feel like this film the ending of it like all the way up to the final shot of the movie is just one of those things that time and time again just keeps coming back like uh it I know it it there's a parody of it that shows up in Wayne's World too, that I actually saw. <laughs> yes, I heard that post. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I saw this before I ever saw Thelma Louise, and I was kind of like, I don't get what's going on. <laughs> and then years later, I watched Thelma Louise, and I was like, Oh, That's I see it. <laughs> and it's it's that kind of, and I just think that it's just so, 
it's I, th- I know I know uh, there's a lot of people who it's a kind of ending that will make people cry it's all that kind of stuff but there's sometimes when I think about it I think that's actually just kind of like the perfect ending for <laughs> it's yeah, almost kind of like the perfect ending, ending for, for where they're going for, for the story that has been told and for these two characters and I just think it's I think it's an all time great but when ending. you see when you see Tulane Blacktop finally you can let me know what you think of the end <laughs> alright cool Good. I, I will do is this is let me tell you, does Vin Diesel show up? <laughs> yeah, he's a little baby. <laughs> and do they do they drive the Chevy like through a building and then crash from one building into another building and then drive across another floor and they crash into another skyscraper in Dubai? Let's just say it's an interesting ending. To <laughs> well, the thing is, I would expect nothing less. Nothing less, nothing less I would expect yeah. nothing less. If, like, you know, if Jesus and Buddha showed up and, like, you know, were part of the hitchhikers that... GTO picks up. I, I think that would be powerful course for that kind of film. I honestly think it would be. All right, cool. Well, we're going to play some music now from um, Thelma and Louise, uh, part of me, part of you. And then after that, we're going to come back quickly to finish off this quiz. Quiz, yeah. I'm going to struggle with it. I'm going to struggle with this one, you know. If I could only touch your heart. Maybe I could feel what you're going through If I could only Yep, part of me, part of you from the soundtrack of Thelma and Louise. And now we get on to, we're going to try and finish off this quiz. Yes, we're going to try and finish off this quiz. So in the break, because I could see Sean and Sharon scratching their heads, I gave them an extra clue, letting them know. So I've given you the initials of all the different people who were who won Oscars on this film. And I told you which one was the producers because that was the best picture thing because nobody ever knows who the producers are uh um uh, and i gave you one that was jd and told you that this was we know it's in the 90s yep and we know that the director has the initials jd Mm. i'm going to give you one final clue okay one final clue this film was released in the same year as thelma and louise Tumbleweed. <laughs> you yeah. want to? Okay, I'll give you another one. <laughs> I think you might have to give us a lot more. I'll, I'll give you another yeah. one. This might be the final one I give you. There is one. Okay, the person who is A H. Yeah. That that those are the initials of the name. But a lot of the times, when you see this person's name written down in print, the initials will actually be S A H. Silence of the Lambs. Boom! Of the <laughs> lambs. Of, oh, Sharon. Jodie Foster. The Anthony Jody Hopkins. Foster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Who was the director? Jonathan Dem. John. Uh... And who's the TT? Oh, he's a guy called Ted Telly. I never heard of him before myself. <laughs> That's That's it. It. As soon That's as it. I had the H, it was like ah ha ha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so what? So what gave it away? Was it like the S or was it the what? No, it was when you said Tony, and I, I, when you said yeah. A for T, and I thought, oh yeah, X has got to be Tony. Oh, Tony Hopkins. Oh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, it's got to be Jodie Foster. I said A for T? No, what, you, what have you said when you said you brilliant, always see it written down as Anthony Hopkins? Yes. And so, so when you see it written down, the initials are usually S-A-H. Yeah. 
and then you just went Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> you just went Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs was the only ever. So there's only ever been three films that have won the Big Five in Oscar history, and that is It Happened One Night. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Silence of the Lambs. Wow. I am well okay. pleased with you guys. I'm really happy you guys got that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I quite like that for a, for a quiz that I came yeah, up with on the CD. It was pretty, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. pleased with that. Okay, cool. Um, Sean, do you have to, do you have to head yeah, off? Yeah, I'm going to have to head off. Okay, now, Sean, quite, thank you very much. Was... With that, we have to leave you. It is time for us to leave. And with that, we'll say get well soon. And remember, as always, they don't, they don't make, make them, them like, like they, they used to. to.